Welcome to episode number eight of the Rattled Mind podcast. The next three stories are shorts written to promote a trilogy I started writing almost two decades ago. I finished the first book and had notes for the next two. The title of that first book was Earth First. That project was tabled as I struggled with editing the first book. Fixing something when you're still learning to write is quite the chore. Exodus is an early attempt at flash fiction, but it grew out of control. It is a prequel to the story found in Earth First. However, as I sit here voicing this intro, I wonder if I should rethink the ordering of my trilogy. Hmm, stay tuned. Earth First and its two companion books will still be written when other projects are filed into the completed bin. If you like the story, maybe occasionally pester me as to wear the damn trilogy as I promised. Thanks for listening. Exodus. Why are we going to the moon, Daddy? Stefano turned to look at his son. A mixture of curiosity and fear marring his son's otherwise innocent features. The sight of which tugged at Stefano's heart. Nikki was only four years old, but there was no doubt in Stefano's mind that the little man was aware of the dangers involved. Despite its best efforts, the Church of Earth First could not conceal every shuttle tragedy. It was hard to hide the sight of a shuttle exploding into fragments and falling back to Earth in a dismal rain. Mother Earth is sick Nikki, and we are the disease. The only hope for her now is for us to leave, quit poisoning her, and worship her from afar, Stefano finally said in reply. Why are we poisoning Mother Earth? Nikki followed up with after some thought. His features now showing concern and anger for what humanity was doing to the giver of all life. Because we don't know any better my son, Stefano replied. I am glad we are leaving Mother to heal, Nikki said. His face then brightened as his young mind cleared of all concern for the peril ahead. I think life on the moon will be pretty cool, Dad. I think so too, Stefano said, lying to his son. In reality, Stefano wasn't sure how life on the moon would be. It's almost time for dinner. We will finish packing up your room tomorrow. Now go get ready, he plucked his son off the bed, set him on the floor, and gently swatted his butt to get him moving. Okay, Daddy, Nikki replied cheerfully. Nikki was in bed, and at last check, sleeping peacefully. The dinner dishes were long put away, and Stefano's wife Katie was flicking through lists on her tablet. Tired of sorting and packing, Stefano looked around and took stock of their little home. Earth First Lunar Settlement and Earth First Reclamation containers filled the house in various states of packed. The Lunar Settlement containers packed with the things they would take with them. The Reclamation containers, the things they had to part with. Relocating an entire planet's population to another heavenly body was a massive undertaking. Space and weight were major considerations for the lunar colonization shuttles. That is why the Reclamation containers far outnumbered the lunar containers. To minimize the amount of resources stripped from Mother Earth, anything that can, is recycled for the effort. We will never be ready in time, Katie said breaking through his thoughts with her frustration. What is that honey? We have to be ready for departure by Friday. I only have 20 lunar containers to pack our whole life into, she looked around. God, what if Nikki was still in diapers? Well, he isn't, Stefano said amused, besides, it's not like the moon is a barren rock these days. 
They do have the essentials, and we will have a home. Katie's expression revealed her dissatisfaction with his answer. He sometimes wondered about her true feelings. On more than one night, Stefano laid awake after a nightmare pulled him from his slumber. In his nightmare, it was always the same. The elite guard of the high priestess barging through their door and arresting his wife. Charging her with high treason and crimes against the state. A penalty with only one conclusion, death. We have a home, we get to bring those things that are most prized. I have a job, our current bank accounts are not going anywhere, and the relocation allotment the church gives us will help us replace a lot of what we are leaving behind. We're not leaving it behind, her frustration with this relocation showing through. The church is taking it from us and using it to continue this fallacy about saving Mother Earth, she finished with her fingers in the air, making virtual quote sign around the last two words. Stefano's heart leaped into his throat, fear seized his balls. Quickly he stepped across the gap that separated them and took her in his arms. Not necessarily to comfort her, so much as to shut her up. Katie, you might be able to spout that kind of blasphemy here in our home. But once we get to the moon, that kind of discourse will get you into deep trouble. The frustration and anger in her eyes gave way to fear as she realized what she said. Stefano knew there would be no sleep tonight. Once again, he will lay awake in bed, waiting for the sounds of the elite guard shattering his front door. I am so sorry Steph, she started, looking up into his eyes, I am just so terrified. Not just for me, but also for little Nikki. I know we are a poison to this planet, but he is so young. What if something? The launches are getting safer with each one, and there has not been a report of a shuttle accident after launch in months, Stefano said cutting her off. Keenly aware of the church's tight lips about shuttle disasters, he knew his last words were empty ones. However, second only to his belief that mother was the giver of all life, was his need to keep his family safe and together. We will be fine, I promise, he said. Let's wrap this up for tonight. We have a long day tomorrow. The launch is in three days. I know, I count down every minute, she said testily and pulled herself from his arms. Nikki's squeals of joy warbled from Stefano's helmet speakers as they struggled to emulate the highest notes. He turned his head to see Nikki floating towards him from one of the small platforms. The platforms, one at each of the two main hatches, afforded a horizontal place in this vertical world for colonists to stand while a technician rigged up the hoist. One of the technicians just finished strapping Stefano in and braced himself on an empty seat to receive Nikki. As Nikki floated into the vicinity, the technician reached up and stabilized the tiny spacesuit, guiding him into the seat. Two by two, the technician packed them into the lunar colonial shuttles like a bunch of individually wrapped sardines. Stefano searched his memory before coming up with the name their instructor spouted during their orientation. Lunar Colonization Shuttle Mark IV Essentially, it was a cargo shuttle with viewports punched into the outboard bulkheads. To accommodate human cargo, engineers rigged flimsy-looking seats that slotted into evenly spaced rails. As he looked out the viewport directly to his right, he could see another shuttle pointing at the heavens on a distant launch pad. The shuttle looked like a box that tapered to a crew cockpit at the front and flared out to stubby wings towards the rear. 
Stefano thought the profile looked sleek with its dual horizontal stabilizers, if not for the myriad of tanks and rockets strapped to its underside. Those made the Mark IV look pregnant. It took a lot of fuel to get these oversized cattle trucks to the moon. As tanks and rocket stages expelled their fuel, explosive bolts facilitated the Mark IV shedding its bulk. Each tank and its miles of plumbing, creating multiple failure points. The dire byproduct of quickly modifying a low-Earth orbiting shuttle for deep space travel. Nikki's excited voice pulled Stefano's attention back into his family's shuttle. How long until we blast off dad? It will be a little while yet, Nikki. It takes a while for the technicians to get 48 of us strapped in. I think 12 shuttles are launching this cycle. There is a lot that needs to get synced up before we launch, Stefano said as he looked around to check the cattle loading progress. Every time Nikki chirped, the excitement in his voice was clear. For Katie, it was quite the opposite, she choked on her fear with every word. Stefano hoped he was having more success concealing his own. He could not help but reflect on how dangerous this all was. How little prepared he, his family, and the 45 other lunar colonists are for this expedition. In preparation for this day, Stefano read up on the original shuttle missions. The one the old space agency NASA used for supplying the long-dead International Space Station and other near-Earth orbit missions. Anyone flying those missions trained for months, if not years. Even the civilian scientists who flew one mission trained for months. Yet here he was with his wife and four-year-old son. Their only training, the equivalent of a pre-takeoff airline briefing. In the unlikely event of a catastrophic failure, your suit will provide you with life support until rescue arrives. Each family has their own calm channels. You can change calm channels using the selector on your wrist cuff, etc., etc., etc. No real training, just enough of an orientation so that you might not kill yourself. Nikki was only four years old for mother's sake, Stefano implored silently. Yet, as he looked around, Nikki was not the only tiny spacesuit in these featureless rows of aluminum and Kevlar seats. Some were older, others younger, and a few, too small for suits, with appendages. Instead, the smallest colonists rode out the launch in what amounted to cocoons. Couldn't mother be saved some other way? Stefano said into his faceplate after making sure his radio was off. His calms remained off for several minutes as he wrestled with the emotions that overwhelmed him. Needing to be the face of strength for the last few months did not allow him to show his fear, now, the isolation of the suit and his window seat gave him that moment. It took him way too long to rest his emotions under control when he felt Katie shaking his shoulder. Stefano turned on his comms to hear his wife asking. Are you okay? Yeah, I am fine, Stefano replied, after making a show of getting his radios working again. I must have accidentally touched the wrong icon, he finally said, hoping there was no trace of emotion left in his voice. Well then you missed the 10-minute warning, she said, her voice seeped with fear. We are in the 10-minute countdown dad, Nikki cried out excitedly, jumping into the conversation. I heard your mom, Nikki. We are supposed to switch to the all-shuttle channel and monitor the countdown, Katie said, still struggling to control the emotion in her voice. Yes, all-shuttle channel. Okay, let's change and listen. Nikki, you need to keep it down. Everyone from here on out is listening, okay? Stefano said, trying to lock eyes with his son to impart how serious he was. 
Roger Dad, Nikki said, embracing the whole astronaut thing. Words could not describe the fresh fear that welled up within Stefano. Nausea gripped his stomach, turning the rest of his intestines to liquid. His chest tightened, making breathing difficult. He barely registered the distant feeling of his wife trying to hold his hand through bulky gloves. Gloves designed to give them hope for survival in an unlikely event, but lousy for imparting comfort. If not for his wife and son, Stefano knew he would be in full-fledged panic mode. Judging by the muffled whimpers and cries coming across the all-shuttle channel, he was not the only one struggling with his fear. He also knew his wife and son heard what he was hearing. Stefano muted his microphone and did the same for his family. Then, straining against their restraints, he joined faceplates with the three of them. We will be fine. I promise you, we will all be fine. Don't let the sounds of others worry you. Dozens of shuttles make it to the moon every month. Okay? He said to his family. Katie's eyes relaxed a bit, comforted by the strength in her husband's voice. Nikki's danced with excitement at his dad's brave words and all that was happening around them. Much to Stefano's surprise, as the countdown passed through 30 seconds, a crescendo of voices started to rise over the all-shuttle channel. 29, 28, 27, 26. As each second passed, the sound of sobbing and praying gave way to more voices joining into the countdown. At 20 seconds, all voices were one. A shuddering tremor ran through the shuttle as the countdown ticked past 10 to go, signaling engine ignition. At 5 seconds, a thundering explosion rocked his family's shuttle and the right side of the shuttle cabin glowed orange. Stefano turned his head to see a fireball where the shuttle on the distant launch pad used to stand. Nevertheless, the countdown continued without regard to the tragedy outside his port. As all voices called out the number one, the shaking changed in pitch and fervor. It no longer felt restrained, instead, it felt powerful and liberated. Stefano afforded a glance out the viewport and was astonished at the pace the shuttle was accelerating. His angle to the horizon was changing rapidly, and the pace of change increased with each passing second. The radio traffic between ground control and the shuttles hurtling toward space ceased for a moment after launch. Instead, the cries of fear and the groans of passengers straining under the G-forces came through his helmet speakers. Stefano wanted to lift his arm and change the channels of his and his family's suits, but his arms felt as though they were strapped to the seat. All shuttles, your first separation will occur on my mark. Three, two, one, mark, came through Stefano's helmet speakers. He felt and heard a small disturbance in the mind-numbing shaking as explosive bolts blew the first spent tanks away from the shuttle's belly. Collectively everyone in the cabin held his or her breath. Then, as seconds passed, and the vibration continued, a collective sigh followed. Baby steps, Stefan thought. With each successful transition, they were that much closer to their new home. A few minutes later, ground control announced and performed another countdown, followed by yet another unsettling disturbance in the endless shaking. This time, Stefano thought he caught the orange glow of another shuttle becoming a growing fireball outside the left view ports. Yet, he was so worn down by the damn shaking and noise, he wasn't sure what was happening. Then, without notice, the powerful shaking and mind-numbing roar stopped. They were weightless. The only thing visible through all the viewports in Stefano's range was black, with tiny pinpricks of light. They reached space. 
the most dangerous part of the journey was behind them. No longer was Gravity trying to rest his hurtling cattle truck back to Earth. He was not naive enough to believe that this part of the journey was without peril. There were still several metric tons of propellant strapped to their belly. This shuttle and those that survived the launch still had a couple of burns left. Space debris, uncharted comets, structural failure. All those were possibilities over the next few days. Nevertheless, launch failures were the most common. In his mind, the worst was behind them. Stefano was not sure what the re-entry method was going to be for a vehicle designed to fly in atmosphere. This shuttle was a second-generation low-Earth orbital spacecraft. Part of a program in the development stage, as the church rose to power. Its airframe and stubby airfoils needed Earth's heavy atmosphere for the craft to land. Nothing in their lunar colony orientation covered what happened once they reached the moon. Maybe the odds were worse than he anticipated. Stefano thought grimly to himself. However, based on the passage of days since launch, and the frequent firing of deceleration and maneuvering rockets, Stefano knew they were close to their destination. Nothing about the passenger cabin afforded a forward view. Therefore, it was all speculation as to how close they were to the moon. Initially, the moon came into view out of the left view ports, as they seemed to establish an orbit. It was not until he watched one of the other shuttles maneuver into the docking clamps of a massive space station that he figured out how they would get to the moon's surface. Soon after the sounds of his own shuttle docking subsided, the cabin speakers came alive with announcements. Colonists with last names starting with the letters A through M, you are designated Blue Alpha. Colonists with last names starting with the letters N through Z, you are designated Blue Bravo. Each of you will follow the lighted signs to your designated lunar surface shuttle. Once you reach the end of the boarding coupling, turn left, the lighted signs will be overhead with arrows pointing you in the right direction. Your personal belongings will travel to the moon's surface on a different lunar shuttle. May Mother Earth bless you all, and safe journeys. Within a second or two of the overhead announcements ending, a crew member held up her hand and called for everyone's attention. If you have not already done so, please make sure your launch suit is complete and properly stashed under your seats, she said, her voice coming through the overhead speakers. Stefano looked around, then down at his son. Most of his son's spacesuit lay scattered about their three seats, with the bulk of it stuffed under the seat. Katie was already gathering it up as the crew member spoke. Stefano wondered if they cleaned them at all before reissuing them to the next bunch of cattle. There is a boarding coupling at the rear of the cabin, and one towards the front. Please head to the nearest coupling. Do not delay, the landing shuttles are on a programmed schedule and missing yours could lead to long delays before you make it to the surface. Thank you and enjoy your life in your new home, she finished with. Stefano did not see, nor hear any sincerity in her voice. For her, it was a trip back to Earth in this tin can, and another launch. He wondered how many cycles this shuttle had made to date. Then wondered how many cycles a shuttle can make. Finally, the grim realization that there likely has never been a retired shuttle sent a shiver down his spine. Good thing we all have the same last name, Katie said to him as they finished stowing launch suits, hate to ride down with nothing but strangers. Funny how that worked out, Stefano quipped back. 
they boarded the landing shuttle through a hatch in the shuttle's topside. Stefano motioned for his wife and son to precede him. As his head cleared the hatch, he was surprised to see large open glass along both sides of the landing shuttle. The space station side of the shuttle only showed an up-close view of the station. However, the moon side afforded a spectacular view of their new home. There was no doubt about humanity's intentions on the moon's surface. Small domes pocked the surface, twinkling in the sun's unfiltered light. In what looked like the center of the near side, Stefano could see that a very large dome was under construction. He wondered if the clear material was that new transfer alloy he read about in the technology forums. He doubted the building material was simple glass. Especially in this hostile environment. Before taking his seat and strapping in, he checked Nikki's straps and gave Katie's a cursory inspection. His chivalrous nature kicked in at the slightest sign of danger. As he finished buckling in, a robotic voice came from the overhead speakers. Lunar drop in three minutes. Drop. A two-minute warning followed, then one minute. Finally, a second-by-second -second countdown started at 30 seconds. Once they reached one, the meaning of the word drop became apparent. The holding clamps released, and the shuttle slowly fell away from the lunar space station. There was no sensation of falling, just an eerily quiet change in perspective. The moon's own gravity slowly pulled the landing shuttle away from the station. Stefano craned his neck around, hoping to get a look at the station, and to fulfill his morbid curiosity. Slowly the tails of lunar colonial shuttles came into view. He counted them, and only made it to nine. Maybe the others docked at an angle he could not see. Yet, a part of his mind knew that was not the case. He knew for sure he saw one explode on its launch pad. A second one, just before they cleared Earth's atmosphere. For a moment, he wondered if the loss of all that life was worth saving Mother Earth. The moment was brief, and he returned his attention to their descent to the moon. Stefano clawed himself to wakefulness, thrashing desperately through the fog that separated sleep from wakefulness. Desperate to escape the recurring nightmare. As he sat upright in bed, the cool air chilled his sweat-dampened body. He stared for a long time into the darkness before slipping out of bed. Once he was on his feet, he waited a moment to see if Katie would ask what was wrong. She didn't stir. Stefano felt around with his feet for his jumpsuit, stepped into it, and pulled it on. The remnants of the nightmare still haunted him as he fumbled his way to the living and dining area of their small apartment. There he retrieved his boots, laced them up, and headed towards the hatch. Just as he touched a finger to the keypad, he heard a faint sound behind him. Where are you going daddy? Nikki's sleepy voice called from behind. Not even the sight of his son's innocent, sleep-puffy face, and rocket ship pajamas, could thaw the icy terror tonight's nightmare left on his soul. Stefano forced a smile before answering. I was thinking of taking a little stroll Nikki. To where? Nikki followed up with after giving his dad's answer some thought. I think I was headed towards the earth first dome. Mother should look spectacular at this time of night. Can I come with? Nikki asked meekly. Sure, get some socks. They opened the Earth First Dome a couple of Earth weeks ago. 
It offered a park, which was open to anyone who worked in essential services. His plum-piped coveralls and systems engineer ID badge allowed him 24-7 access. This would be his third trip with his family since it opened. Well, two-thirds of this trip, he thought to himself as he helped Nikki with his socks, then boots. This trip, it would just be the guys. It was the early hours of the morning by moon time, and as a result, Nikki was not his usual chatty self. As they walked, Nikki asked only the occasional question, and did so in a whisper. Stefano was enjoying his son's company. Not often did he get the opportunity to have some time alone with him. From the moment just before launch, coupled with everyday life in a vacuum, made him forever thankful to have a son, a family, and a life to enjoy. Upon reaching the park, they headed directly to the pond. Stefano thought it was a fitting tribute to all humanity gained since starting the process of settling the moon. Standing water on the moon's surface. It might be under a transparalloy dome and processed from recycled waste, but the moon now supported water. Stefano looked at the reflection of Mother Earth in the still water and placed a hand on his son's head. He and his family settled the moon just over a year ago. Ever since, Stefano was keenly aware of new families arriving weekly. On occasion, when he looked into the cloudless black void that served as his new home's sky, he could see the twinkling of arriving shuttles. He used to count how many, but now refrained from doing so. It would do no good, he convinced himself. Since he had no idea how many launched at a time these days. In reality, the count was never what he expected. Mother is going to be okay, now, right dad? Nikki asked, shifting his focus from the reflection of Earth to the real thing, then back. I think so Nikki, Stefano said, lying to his son. If the rumors were true, fires ravaged Mother Earth. Tanks and bombs turned her soil. Since their departure just over a year ago, war has spread across Mother Earth. The voices of opposition to the exodus turned violent. Not everyone believed humanity was a blight on Mother Earth. By the time the powerful armies of the Church of Earth first silenced those voices, the damage to Mother might be irreversible. Nikki looked up at him and smiled. Stefano smiled back. Nikki's smile broadened before his five-year-old attention changed focus, and he started to walk along the edge of the pond. Relieved that he was not imparting his troubled thoughts on his son. Stefano closed his eyes, and visions of his nightmare came rushing forward. Thousands of souls floating aimlessly in space. The lives of those slaughtered in the endless list of shuttle accidents. Men, women, and children. Stefano shuddered. Souls forever lost in the empty void. No longer knowing where home was. Unsure of their final resting place. Wrenched from their homes and families on Earth, fired into the heavens only to die there. Forever lost in space, forming an ever-expanding spectral cloud between Mother Earth and this lifeless rock. It was just a nightmare, he reminded himself. Nikki once again stood at his side, innocent face looking up at him. How long until all people are gone from Mother Earth? Nikki asked. Stefano craned his head back, raising his eyes up to Mother Earth. North America stood prominently before him. A storm system spun across the Rockies. There is over 7 billion people on Earth Nikki. It will take some time, he said in response to his son's question. He had no idea how long it would take. 
the church was firing human beings into space as fast as they could recover shuttles and build new ones. It will take a few years I think, Stefano followed up with, hating to leave his son's questions unanswered. Nikki was now looking up through the transparalloy dome. It looks like a big blue marble, he said, I am so glad we are making her better. Stefano looked down at his son, the blue orb of earth reflecting in his hazel eyes, the innocence in his son's features calming his troubled soul. So am I Nikki, so am I. Stefano closed his eyes again. The nightmare was gone. His son's faith in the church and its mission driving it from his conscience. This is the only way, Stefano whispered. He stared up at the earth for a moment longer, and then turned to his son. Let's go make your mom some breakfast. Okay, Nikki shot back. Stefano listened to his son's banter, answering an endless stream of questions. A part of him was conscious of the new wave of shuttles approaching the orbital space station. That same part tried to ignore that there were only six. That concludes this episode of Rattled Mind. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to my story. Hopefully you enjoyed this little peek into the workings of my rattled mind. If you'd like to sample some of my other stories, please visit my website at wamcdonald.com. There you'll find short stories, a link to my book Rattled Mind, and nonfiction blog posts that offer insights into my youth, growing up, and my worldview. Hope you enjoyed Exodus, and check back soon for the next story in the Earth First Saga. Thanks for listening.